in this episode writer translator jagdish kumar talked about his translation of a fine thread and other stories his upcoming projects and about author jay mohan jagdish kumar is a student of eastern philosophy mathematics teacher writer and translator raised in southern india now living in south carolina usa he writes both in english and tamil short stories poems and eastern philosophy his translated work a fine thread and other stories is a collection of short stories written in tamil by jay mohan jay mohan is a tamil writer and literary critic based in nagarkoil india one of india's finest authors writing today he has traveled the length and breadth of the indian subcontinent and his work examines and reinterprets india's rich literary and classical traditions a prolific writer his output includes multiple novels short stories volumes of literary criticism writer biographies introductory texts to indian and western literature books on philosophy and numerous other translations and collections The book A Fine Thread and Other Stories can be purchased using the link given in the show notes. Welcome to our podcast Harshneem Jagdish. Thank you, thank you Anil. Thanks for having me. When did you start reading Tamil literature? I guess uh, it started with my mother telling us my younger brother and I stories from Ambuli Mama and Amar Chitra Kada in those days the inevitable sleeping dose in our childhood <laughs> so my mother and my paternal grandfather both uh, were our readers uh, my grandfather is no more but uh, they're avid readers so I got inspired by them at a very young age and started reading fiction when i was 7 or 8 initially i read a lot of historical fiction by writers like chandilyan in tamil he was one of the most popular historical writers and crime fiction the pulp fiction by the writers like rajesh kumar and even a bit of endamuri veerendranath <laughs> yeah <laughs> translation <Translations. laughs> i i can okay. uh, fondly remember those days he was most famous in uh, andhra he was being translated there and yes, then yes, we were able yes, to read yeah. i didn't read a lot of him but still i was i was i could remember still reading him and i can still vividly remember the time when i first read ashoka mitran's padinetta of the achakoda you might have heard about him yeah 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 suchitra mentioned about it oh okay <laughs> so this padinetta of the achakoda which is available in uh, english translation as the 18th parallel uh, i was only 14 at the time and uh, i didn't know there existed special breed called the literary fiction the book still has a special place in my heart uh, because it was the first time i was truly transported to a different world purely by the power of words it's a coming age, coming of age story uh set in 1947 when hyderabad is the state of nizam ashok mitran spent his childhood uh, in hyderabad so it was uh, still one of the best novels i've ever read including any language and i continue to read pulp fiction and mainstream fiction mainstream writers like sujatha and balakumaran but it was only when i got into college that i was properly initiated into serious literature 
by my English professor, Mr. Akhilan Etiraj. This was all in Coimbatore. Your education was in Coimbatore entirely? Yeah, I grew up, I was born in Coimbatore and then I was following my father wherever he got transferred. So I did my schooling in partly in Coimbatore and partly in Trichy, Ariyalur. Uh, yeah. And then we moved to Erode. All of the whole family moved to Erode. That's where I did my college, my undergraduate studies. And then Mr. Akhilinetraj, uh, my English professor, he's actually a translator himself, but he translates from English to Tamil for college Urdu publications. He has uh, translated Orhan Pamuk, his black book. And even this year, he translated a book. And he's the one who kindled in me the passion for reading and writing literary fiction. So that's when I came to know, okay, this is, there's a category called literary fiction and it's serious. From then on, I started reading all the giants of modern Tamil literature, like Ashoka Mitran, Sundara Ramasamy, Kana Subramanyam, Tijanaki Raman, Pudumai Pitan. I, want to, I just want to say their names, okay? These are giants I, uh, and Jayakanthan. And in my late 20s, thanks to the advent of internet, I stumbled on Jayamohan and S. Ramakrishna. That is because of the internet. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because by the time I knew that there was a writer, there was a new writer in the horizon. He wrote uh, a novel called Rubber. Uh, and it like it created havoc in the literary scene because he just uh, proclaimed in his uh, meeting in the discussion of the rubber he got Akilan memorial prize for that novel so he was he was like 35 or something at the time and he's he just said there is no perfect novel in the tamil literature yet and he's he proclaimed that he's going to write one <laughs> so I knew his name, but I've never read him mm -hmm. because those days, serious literature, like they were printed only a few copies, like 100, 200 copies and was circulated. And you had to be really into serious literature in order to read those uh, writers. Uh, but then Jaimohan started writing on his blog and his website. That's when I, I got to know about him. At the time when, when I read Jayamohan, I was pu purely uh, reading his articles about uh, literature and uh, spirituality because I was into spirituality at, at an early age. Like in my late 20s, I was like, I had a lot of questions and uh, what's the, what this life is all about and things like that. And then he himself went through a lot of those questions. And then in his own way, he just wandered Indian land as a mendicant. And then you all know that you've spoken to both Suchitra and Priyamata. I read him and Jay Mohan and S. Ramakrishnan, they were, and along with the Charuni Vedita, who at the time were considered postmodernist writers. But they went on to create extraordinary works of fiction in every conceivable zoner. This is how, this is my journey of reading <laughs> Tamil fiction. <laughs> the writing came first or translation came first? 
writing came first. When I was like in my high school, like 12th grade, so we who you used to sit at the back bench. We had one of the best students in the school, okay? <laughs> I was the second in uh, 12th grade and my uh, best friend Prabhakaran, he came first. But still, we choose to sit at the back bench and talk literature like poems, like we wanted to write poems because they, those are the easy ones to get it out, right? Five, ten lines and you are called a poet. So we were like simply copying the best, the popular poets of the time. But that's how we were able to get our interest into literature. And then I wrote, when I was uh, a first year in college, I wrote a science fiction story for a magazine that, for a science magazine that came out of Sri Lanka. And uh, I got the prize. I got the second prize for that. It was, if I don't, uh, if I can remember correctly, it's 2000 rupees. The first prize was from, from an established writer. So I was so overwhelmed with this news. And then I wanted to write and I, I did the, the magazine, local magazine. We say Kayyarithi Prati, the handwritten magazines. So I used to create my own articles, my own stories and poetries, and then ask my friends from the street. And then I started a little magazine called Palam, The Bridge. It went on for five to six months. And I, my professor got impressed with that. And then he gave me 200 rupees uh, as a subscription. But sadly, I couldn't continue with the magazine because the interest got, it went down. But I continued to write uh, for a few years in Tamil. Then after I got married, my wife, Sanu, I was working in the Maldives. So uh, it was in the 2008, 2009 period. That's when the blogs were a big thing. So I started a blog and started writing articles and stories and movie reviews. And I was just, I just wanted to get the words out. So I was, I was not properly guided or something. I just read Jay Mohan and S. Ramakrishna, some books, and I wanted to just write stories. But I, though I continuously wrote for some time, I didn't write anything of significance, like a novel or something. That's about your writing. So are you writing anything now? Yes. In the last uh, two years, along with my trans translation, I was able to write a few stories, both in Tamil and in English. Tamil stories got published in, a, in an online magazine called Solvanam. It's one of the um, most popular magazines in Tamil Nadu. It's an online magazine. And my English stories, usually I write in Tamil and then translate it in English. Maybe one or two I wrote straight English, but usually I see that my vocabulary is better when I translate it in, rather than writing it in uh, English. So right now, yes, I'm writing and I'm looking to write a novel by the end of this year. That's one of the reasons I have joined uh, the Writers Forum here in, in Colleton County where I live. So uh, we meet every month to discuss about our projects and then we get expert advice from everybody. So hopefully I'll be able to uh, get my novel out uh, by the end of this year. Your uh, creative urge or creative impulse, whatever you call it, you write, right? You write and you fulfill your creative urge. Um, why did you get into translations? You want to write, but you know that what you uh, lack, right? You lack the craft, you lack the language, you want, you don't know how to construct a big uh, project like a novel, like 
novel is like 300, 400 pages, you don't know what to do. You are just stuck in between. So I thought translation is a is an easier way to get into fiction, writing fiction, because you will not be, you will not get stuck because the, the product is in front of you. You just have to just to render it in a different language. And in doing so, you're learning from the masters. When you translate a writer, a master writer like Jay Mohan, and you are learning the secrets of the craft, how he constructs his stories and how he uses the handles of language and how he creates characters and emotions. So that's that. That's why this is also an idea I got it from Jaya Mohan because he uh, himself wrote in one of his articles that he he tried translations first. <laughs> so yeah, he translated an entire uh, novella by T.S. Eliot's uh, um, a book, Wasteland. He translated that into Tamil because he was initially trying to write fiction and literature. So he did that first. So I thought, why not try? So I, I did that. And another writer, one of my favorite writers, Jonathan Franzen, he's of uh, German origin, but he's one of the best writers in America. When I, I, I read his Corrections, beautiful novel, and when I uh, read about him, he started up with true translation projects. So I thought, okay, I'll follow his footsteps. <laughs> I, I guess uh, you started with the Jaymon stories only. Translations you started with the writer, right? Uh, when did you translate uh, the first story? Yeah, actually translating, as, as I told you, translating from Tamil to English was never one of my literary goals, okay? Uh, but during the COVID pandemic, when we had all been forced uh, to quarantine for months, I read a lot of books originally written in English and in, in English translation. Then I wanted to write fiction in English, and I realized I needed to learn a lot more about the craft, though I'd written a few stories in English at the time. But just then, I joined the Vishnupuram Literary Circle here in the United States. So Vishnupuram Literary Circle a, is a literary association created by the readers of Jay Mohan. We have one in India and one here in the United States. It was started, I think, three years ago started by Mr. Austin Sounder. I joined the circle and in one of our conversations, I told Mr. Sounder about my desire to write in English and sent him some of my work. He read them and he suggested that I should try translating some of Jay Mohan's stories in English because he was looking to pu pu publish them in, his, in the Vishnupuram website in America. But then he suggested uh, we can send them to American magazines or Western magazine, so that we can introduce Jaya Mohan to the Western world, right? This would be a proper way to introduce Jaya Mohan, he thought. The other two books, Stories of the True and uh, The Abyss, they were not out at the time. Uh, and at about the same time, Mr. Jaya Mohan was talking to his readers via Zoom calls, because everybody was quarantined, so he wanted to meet his readers. So each of the conversation went on about for 40, 40 minutes. And I too got the opportunity to have a talk with him, though it was initially a tug of war between us regarding the time of the call, since we live in two different continents and two different time zones. I asked what he thought about, thought of my translating his stories. He gave me the green signal, adding that as long as the stories get published in a Western magazine, a validation, both for the translation and the 
the quality of the chosen story, he would welcome the effort. So I told myself that I would translate at least 10 of his stories because I, if I stop like th after three stories, that w it wouldn't be useful. So I thought, okay, I wanted to get it out as a book form. So I would do at least 10 stories first and I will try, them get, try to get them published in magazines. So that's how I started translating uh, Jay Mohan. Which is the first story that you translated? You read the whole book, right? Uh, so Bubbles is uh, the first story. I didn't want to translate it, but I was so impressed by the way he treated the, the husband-wife dialogue and then uh, how it culminated with the arrogance of the husband at the end. I was reminded of one of Raymond Carver's stories. I was reminded of Raymond Carver because I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, Raymond Carver's stories. Minimalistic like uh, Hemingway, right? I was just admiring and thinking about the story when I was when I call, I was called by Mr. Sounder, and he started talking about the same story. He calls me Thambi. I call him Anna, brother. <laughs> Thambi, this is the one of the best stories. How he can write like this? Oh, he, he is the one who wrote the Ben Morris, but he can write even the day-to-day -day issues of couples and stuff. And then, we, and then at that point, I told him that. Why don't we translate this? And he suggested this should be the first story you should translate because it's only, it's easy because I do not have any background in translation. I do not have the basic training in translation. All I had was the passion for words. <laughs> That's it. So he said, this is going to be easy for you because it's made of a lot of dialogues, not much description, narration, nothing. So you would be, and uh, Mr. Jayamohan writes mostly in in dialect, in, in uh, the dialect of, yeah, the Nagarkoil dialect. Most of his uh, books, they're very hard to read simply because of the dialect for the common reader. But if you could get into that, get beyond that barrier, so you'd be able to enjoy his stories. So I I just amazed myself by translating the story in two days. I was just looking at the, the story and just typing it on the screen. And I didn't know that in no time the, the story was complete. That's when I got the confidence, okay, I can do this. Uh, Suchitra and Priyamada also, they mentioned about the dialect that he writes in, and which creates kind of an entry barrier. But uh, fortunately, when you translate it to English, readers like me, we don't have that barrier. <laughs> that I'm talking about a short story. I read Abyss. Abyss to the first chapter, it is so disturbing that I felt it's kind of an entry barrier. First couple of chapters. I am given to understand in all his novels, he has some kind of an entry barrier in the first few chapters. Now he himself says that. Mr. Jamon says all his articles, which he posts on, on his own blog, are like the longest articles. Like if you print them, it'll come around like 15 to 20 pages. He says, I do it on purpose because no one who is not serious should read my blog. <laughs> if you're serious, come to my blog and read it. So it's same goes with his own, with his own fiction as well. For example, his, his magnanimous works like Vishnupuram, Pintodaram Nidalin Kural, if you want to say it in English, it's called The Voice of the Chasing Shadow. Beautiful work, one of my favorites. So they're very 
serious. And even Vishnupuram's first chapter, even a Tamil reader would find it difficult to go enter. But it's so haunting and so beautiful. But for a serious uh, reader, it, it's so close to heart. So he goes back to the book over and over because simply because of the those barriers he puts for the readers. <laughs> now, not every st- short story has a barrier, okay? He has written in every zoner. Even uh, this short story collection is only to show a reader of a uh, non-Tamil reader that uh, Jay Morgan is everything. Because the last story in, in, the, in, the, in the same collection uh, is a ghost story or maybe a psychological thriller or something. And then the bubbles and another story, It's My Name, the scientist, female scientist feminist stories and then humor story there's some humor in it like prasanto is a humorous story so he writes in every other zoner and then the stories i picked have minimalistic barrier in them as far as the dialect is concerned just one or two stories have dialects in them in the whole collection so it was easy for me unlike for Priyamada or Suchitra, they had the top job. But for me, it was so easy because I chose the stories with the minimum dialect influence in it. I was about to ask you that question. How did you select these stories? In fact, uh, some of these stories, uh, they are straight reads in this book. Uh, some of these stories are very, very deep, like uh, Fine Thread, Siva Siva and Shadow Crow. These are the three stories I picked. In fact, uh, the beautiful thing that he does in all these stories almost, uh, he is immensely readable in the sense that uh, as far as the plot is concerned, he is immensely readable. There is a streak of uh, spirituality in these stories. That was my point of choosing. Because I am a student of uh, Vedanta philosophy, I am a student of Advaita Vedanta philosophy, uh, I've been learning uh, along with my wife, the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita for quite some time now. And he himself is a Vedanta student and he comes from the Natarajaguru Parampara. He has learned Dvaita philosophy from Nitya Chaitanya Yati, one of the masters from this uh, tradition. He writes about it. He writes about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he writes a lot about it, has written a lot about it. The, so I have a connecting point with Jay Mohan in this regard because... He, whenever he writes a spiritual or philosophical article, I just devour that article. I might not have read all of his fiction, but I've, I can say I've written, uh, I've, I've read all of his uh, uh, philosophical articles and stuff. When I try to choose the stories for this collection, uh, or when I try to cho- choose the stories for translation, I wanted, to, I, I told myself so I would look for a philosophical alignment. Shadow Crow, definitely philosophical. And then another Rope Snake. Yeah, Rope Snake too, yes. Vashiva. Fine Thread, of course. Fine Thread. You could place Fine Thread in the stories of the truth, won't you say? <laughs> because it's, it talks about Dharma. That was a basic for my choosing in, in, in choosing the stories. It has to be philosophically oriented. And some of the stories my friend suggested uh, from the Vishnupuram Literary Associations. Uh, the first story, Oceans Nearby, I read and I was blown away by the way it was written. It, it's a poem in prose. It was a, it's like even in Tamil, it was so hard, uh, so dense, so haunting. 
and uh, so poetic and uh, uh, it doesn't have much uh, uh, happening in the story but it's like haunts you because you've been there as a reader you might have been there right so one of my friends mr balaji raju who has read all my first drafts of of this collection he was also talking about this talking high of this story then then we both decided okay i should go ahead and translate this and apadre mutlingam ayya one of the greatest writers tamil has ever produced and he lives in canada and he suggested prasanto that's a humor story he said this is pure this is pure shekho please translate this <laughs> that's what he said fine thread shivashiva and shadokro uh, there is a plot it has spirituality streak of spirituality and interestingly mm, there is a serious social commentary also it will make you keep on going back to the same story and uh, you can read it multiple times to understand it's like a classic film right you keep going back and you understand certain things really you know which amazes you that last time why, why didn't i figure out you know what is the experience of translating these stories i struggled a lot translating a fine thread simply because it's it's close to my heart and the characters come to life even in tamil even gandhi comes to life gandhi ji comes to life beautifully portrayed and then i just i was looking for expressions and words in english to to create the same effect that the author created in 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 the language so it was really it took a lot of time more than a month to translate the story so i just did so many drafts in that story whereas the shadow crow didn't take me long time i guess simply because i already had the philosophical background and what he's trying to convey through that story the whole story has the premise that the entire life is a pretense <laughs> like you by pretending you can be free from your shackles so that's the bottom line of the story that's what the vedanta dvaita vedanta tells you so it was simply because it was close to my heart i didn't struggle much but still the local elements in the story the the monk's earlier life where when he spent the life in kerala little expressions so i had to ask my uh, the malayali malayali friends because some of the malayalis are in this vishnupuram uh, literary circle as well they read in tamil as well so they helped me translate that that part and then the final scene the monk stays in an in a himalayan monastery and then having an interaction with the crow that was so poetic so that's that, i had to be i had to pause and think and then i had to go back visit again and again to the same spot to make sure it translate or transpires in its beauty so i struggled in those areas but all in all i didn't struggle much like i did with the fine thread and also the third one shiva shiva i enjoyed reading the story <laughs> in tamil and before i read the story mr bawa chaladurai one of the one of the important writers in tamil and uh, he now is famous for his uh, storytelling story narrations yeah and also he is famous in in movies now he's acting in movies but he narrated this story in one of the one of the events and i happened to watch that on youtube then i was amazed by the simplicity of the story but the profound philosophical truth embedded in it 
So I thought when I, this was actually not in the plan, okay. My publisher, Mr. Dinesh Sinha, he said, we have to have at least 50,000 words for the collection. So we are, we need at least three more stories, three or four more stories from you. Then I chose this, I want to go for this. And incidentally, this, this story is featured in his first ever short story collection of Jay Mohan. So he was the best even in his first collection. And one one other thing I want to say about this, in, in Tamil it is called Shiva Mayam, Shiva Mayam, because everywhere it's Shiva, right? So Shiva Mayam. <laughs> but I couldn't find a better word uh, for Shiva Mayam in English. I just uh, said, and uh, the satiric, satiristical tone that he maintains from the first line to the last full stop, it was unbelievable, unbelievably brilliant. So I struggled in that aspect. So when you asked uh, your, uh, what was your experience of translating these three, with regards to trans, the satire, I wanted to bring it into English as well. Uh, I hope I've done justice to that story. Thank you. Thank you. For that, I deliberately used some high vocabulary in the story. Because when you use a high vocabulary in a story, it automatically gets humorous or satirical. So that's uh, you could see some words, uh, unwanted words. You, uh, well, the reader might say, why this word here? So the, the, uh, that was my intent uh, when, when I translated that, uh, that's, that particular story. Uh, in fact, we have a wonderful translator in Telugu, Bhaskar Avineni. He's a good friend of mine and uh, he keeps translating only writer J. Mohan stories. He translates from Tamil to Telugu. So I was introduced uh, to Jay Mohan through Avinen Bhaskar. Many, many, I think hundreds of readers in Telugu. We got introduced to Jay Mohan through Bhaskar. <laughs> so I read that even the first story that he writes about, it is so deep. It is so deep. And uh, like you said, it's so poetic. It's so deep. Uh, beautifully constructed story it is. I don't know the Tamil. Uh, let Just give me a minute. I'll, I'll uh, let you know the title of the story too. It's in fact it came out in the uh, web magazine recently, last uh, this month. Nadi. The story's name is Nadi. Yeah, Nadi is river. Nadi is even in Telugu. Yeah, very small story. I was told it's one of his first stories. It's very profound and uh, very beautifully written. You have heard about the hundred stories, right? Of the story. So during the quarantine period, he was he was done writing the Venmurasu, the twenty-six part uh, Roman flue. And then he wanted to come out of the writing style because it was like writing was flowery and beautiful writing, historical writing. And he wanted to come to the natural writing, okay, the like social writing. So he started writing one story a day. <laughs> he just published every day one story. He, he has written, if I'm not wrong, he has written 136 stories straight every day, one story a day. Then of the 136 stories, you could simply say 50 of them, the world's best. <laughs> you could simply say that was written like at the end of after he wrote the Venmurasu. So he has accomplished so much even before starting to write Venmurasu. So it was like if I could think of two stories, Yakshan and Gandharvan. He has written beautiful stories. Uh, those two stories, I wanted to translate them, but I couldn't find a place to uh, put it in the in this collection. 
but I, I think Suchitra claimed them, so I, I just uh, keep away from <laughs> We had a small group, WhatsApp group, then I, I wanted to ask them, I, what, which of the start stories would you like to translate? So she said, I wanted to translate these two. She said just one story, Yaksha. But uh, I assume that the Gandharvan is also an extension of Rakshakan. So maybe she would want to translate them. Maybe she did translate them already. So I kept away from I I'm sure she's going to do a brilliant job on that. So I can't have enough of a fine thread. I'll go back to a fine thread. You can interpret it in so many different ways in the sense that uh, at the surface level, it's a story of uh, Ayankali's uh, transformation. If you look at it differently, it's about Gandhi. And uh, the best part of the story is Gandhi is humanized in this story. In the end, you see the way he's struggling. Right? And with, with such a beautiful metaphor that you have in the story, the cutting of the thread. And then, of course, you have, at the same time, you have Sohan Ram in this story. In fact, Sohan Ram is the one... I believe you can say it's Sohan Ram's story too in the end, right? He's coming of age. There is a beautiful spiritual streak, right, in that. And also a serious social commentary of those times. You can also relate it to currently what is going on. But as far as, as, far as violence, non-violence is concerned. And uh, the entire thing, like I said, is eminently readable. He brought in Ayankali, I believe, for the sake of uh, convenience of the plot. What he wanted to say. This story leads to a lot of interpretation. That Simply because of the subtlety. of The, the story doesn't reveal much. What Gandhiji thinks, what, uh, what Ayankali thinks. It doesn't reveal uh, much. Sohan Ram just observes and then he just gets a moment of breaking and realization. And I think Ayankali is the one character in the story who hasn't had a moment of change <laughs> in the story. I would have thought he has already made up his mind to drop all his violence. Even before he came to... Maybe that was the purpose of him coming to beat Gandhiji. But he wanted to see how he receives it. How he receives the news of this, this, uh, this violence that's inflicted upon uh, the Dalits at the time. Anything you can interpret, right? But a very strong character. Ayankali was a very strong character. Gandhiji was unable to respond to his statement that he makes before he makes, a, makes an exit. So dramatic. Within a few pages, he was able to create so, so dramatically appealing stories. Gandhiji had a conversation before Ayankali enters with the Brahmin, <laughs> traditional Brahmin. When Ayankali has the conversation, it's entirely different from what he had before. Uh, Sohan Ram observes both and then he's able to weigh, okay, where he slips. It, it was not, nothing was told explicitly. <laughs> so that's the beauty of that story. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to translate that story. Not now, because I read the story like maybe even 10, 20 years ago. Because it, it, this story appears in another novel. The one of my favorite novels, which is Pintor. It's a novel about Stalinistic Russia, Stalin's Russia. So this story appears in the novel as written by one of the characters in the story. Priyamada. 
Suchitra and now Jagdish. Who are the other translators who are coming up with uh, his translations? Yeah, I've I've made a note of it because you, yeah, because it's not easy to <laughs> answer that question. Let me come back to that. No, almost for three decades uh, there are no translations of his work, and now suddenly, I guess it's uh, part of Jay Mohan wanted to be, you know, it, it wants to he wants to, wanted uh, the translation to be proper. So even now he's a very reluctant writer when it comes to translations. because he knows that the quality has to be reflected in the translation so chitra and priyamada have been working tirelessly into bringing jaymogan's work into english now priyamada is currently working on one of jaymogan's important novels vellayani it's a novel about ice house factory workers in british india she has won the american literary association's mentorship for this novel and if i'm not wrong and she got the pen translation scholarship also for this i just want to mention it because she's working on i think she's written uh, she's completed that novel but she's still on that novel and suchitra has done is working on kumari turavi a novel um uh, jaymohan wrote after the completion of his uh, 26 part roman flow uh and then my good friend mr vishwanath and mahalingam who who is in san francisco he is working on one of jaymohan's memoir it's called purapadu it uh, describes about his earlier days when he left house left his house uh, in search of truth and about his own life so he's translating it it's called the departure maybe tentatively it can be called the departure he's hoping it to uh, he's hoping to get it out by the end of this year remita satis who is also from the united states she is translating a collection of his uh, short stories um all of them with the feminist approach and aishwarya is another translator you might have known about her you know she translated uh, one of the articles uh, written by writer jaymon it's wonderfully translated yes she has been translating especially political articles uh, she she tra- translates and for magazines like frontline so another translator nakul walk he has translated a few of his stories his one of his most important stories which all his readers love is called modern moksham modern moksham those are the efforts that are being that are going on right now as far as i am concerned but if you ask suchitra or priyamada or maybe mr astin saundar they may be able to tell you a lot more about the translation efforts because as you might be aware that suchitra and priyamada are heading the mori spaces which which breeds the young translators they they conduct competitions of translation competitions every year it's it's been going on for 2 years now so their aim is to create uh, translators of worth uh, to to put into these efforts translating anything currently yes uh, right now i'm translating a non fiction work by bava cheladurai it's called, it's a solvari payanam he has written a bunch of articles 25 chapters or so taking a theme and then elaborating on the theme and uh, comparing it with a literary work like a short story or something like that 
for example, justice. He would talk about justice for a while, and then he would choose a short story in which the theme justice is explored. How the whole book uh, uh, expands. I've been translating it. I've translated almost 18 chapters now. Hopefully, I'll I'll finish it by the end of this month or maybe early next month. So that's that's one I'm doing it, and then I wanted to start my novel. Still don't know how it's going to pan out, but yeah, that those are my two projects for this year. So writing in Tamil? No, English in English. Yeah, I'm going to do it in English. Yeah. Before we end, uh, can you read a paragraph? Uh, my I have my favorite paragraph from a fine thread. The last paragraph. இருட்டு எங்கும் விரைப்பான கரிய திரை போல நின்றது தன் படுக்கையை விரித்து கொண்டான் உடம்பு அந்த அளவுக்கு களைத்திருந்த போதும் கூட மனம் பதைத்தபடி இருந்ததனால் தூக்கம் வரவில்லை அறைக்குள் விளக்கு அணையவில்லை ராட்டினம் தொடர்ந்து சுழன்றது ஆனால் அந்த ஒலியில் ஸ்ருதி கூடவில்லை என்று அவன் அறிந்தான் சிடுக்காகும் அந்த நூல் ஒலியாக மாறி அவனை சூழ்வது போல் அச்சிடுக்கு தன் சிந்தனையோட்டத்திலும் நிகழ்வது போல் தன்னிலிருந்து அது விரிந்து இருட்டில் பரவி நிறைவது போல் அது இறுகி இறுகி வந்தது தலைக்குள் ஒரு நரம்பு அருந்துவிடும் போல் இருந்தது ஓர் உச்ச கணத்தில் அவன் எழுந்து நிறுத்திடா கிழட்டு நாயே என்று கத்தினான் இல்லை கத்தவில்லை ஒரு கணம் ஆறுதலும் பிறகு மின்னதிர்ச்சி போல் ஒரு துடிப்பும் ஏற்பட்டது ராம் ராம் என்று ஜபித்தபடி பாய்ந்து எழுந்தான் தன் உடலையும் அந்த இடத்தையும் பயந்தவன் போல் இறங்கி ஓடினான் தென்னை மரங்கள் காற்றில் சடசடக்க நிழல்கள் ஆடும் தோட்டத்தில் பலர் தூங்கிக் கொண்டிருந்தனர் அப்பால் கரிய பளபளப்புடன் ஒரு குளம் நெளிந்தது வானம் சாம்பல் மேகங்களிலான பிரவாகமாக உறைந்து கிடந்தது எங்கோ ஒரு துண்டு நிலவு இருக்கிறது சோகன்ராம் தன் உடம்பின் நடுக்கத்தை உணர்ந்ததும் அதை தவிர்க்க வேண்டும் என்று எண்ணி ராம் ராம் என்று பிடிவாதமாக ஜபித்தான் அந்த சொல் வரிசை சம்பந்தமின்றி எங்கோ ஓடி மறைய மனம் உடைந்து சுழன்று முட்டி மோதி செல்லும் அர்த்த ஓட்டமாக இருந்தது வானம் பூமி ஒளி நிழல்கள் மனம் ஒலிகள் அனைத்துமாகி அனைத்திலும் தனித்து தவித்திருக்கும் அவன் ஒரு மெல்லிய ரீங்காரமாக சுவர்கோழியின் ஒலி அனைத்தையும் இணைத்து பின்னி ஒற்றை இருப்பாக ஆக்கியது ஒரு மெல்லிய நூல் போல ஒவ்வொன்றையும் ஊடுருவி சென்று கொண்டிருந்தது அது அதனுடன் இணைந்து அவன் பிரஜையும் நீண்டு நீண்டு அனைத்தையும் பின்னி வளைத்து கொண்டது அனைத்தும் அவனை சுற்றி மீண்டும் உருக்கொண்டன மெல்ல அவன் அமைந்து அடைந்தான் இனி ஒன்றும் இல்லை எல்லாம் சரியாகிவிட்டது மீண்டும் மீண்டும் அவன் பெருமூச்சு விட்டான் ஆனால் மனதின் ஏதோ ஒரு அதி எல்லையில் ஒரு குரல் மெல்லிய பிடிவாதமான முணுமுணுப்பாக தன் இருப்புணர்த்தியது இல்லை அது மெல்லிய சரடு மிக மெல்லிய சரடு மிக மிக மெல்லிய சரடு ராம் 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 சோகன் ராம் கைகூப்பி பிரார்த்தனை செய்தான் ஒருபுறம் மனம் நெகிழ்ந்து விரிந்து கரைந்து பரவ மறுபக்கம் அந்த இரகசிய குரலின் எச்சரிக்கையும் தொடர்ந்தது திரும்பிச் செல்லும் போது அந்த ராட்டையின் ஒலி சீரடைந்து விட்டிருக்க வேண்டும் என்று சோகன் ராம் மீண்டும் மீண்டும் வேண்டிக் The light was still on inside the room. The wheel continued to spin, but he could sense it missing rhythm. The thread seemed to wind tighter and tighter onto the spindle. Sohan felt as if the wound thread, all entangled, surrounded him noisily, as if the entanglement was in his stream of thought, as if it grew inside him, spreading out, filling the darkness. He felt as if a nerve inside his head would burst. At an extreme moment, he got up and screamed, Stop it, you old dog! No, he did not scream. He was relieved at one moment and shuddered in the next. 
like he had received an electric shock. He jumped up and chanted, Ram, Ram. He ran into the front yard as though he was scared of that place and his own body. Many volunteers slipped under the shadows of the coconut trees that swayed in the wind. Across from the hut, he saw the shiny black pond. The sky had frozen into a torrent of clouds. Somewhere in the sky hung a gibbous moon. Son Ram felt his body trembling, and to avoid the trembling, he began to chant stubbornly, Ram, Ram, Ram. But the strings of words came out and disappeared into the darkness without touching him. His mind broke, spun and knocked around in a meaningless flow. He became the sky, the earth, the light, the shadows. And in them all he was alone. The shrill buzz of crickets was fusing everything together and weaving them into a single existence. It penetrated everything like a fine thread. His consciousness joined with it and stretched itself to weave and engulf everything. Then, all of a sudden, everything came back to its form. Slowly he calmed down. There was no problems anymore. All was well. He sighed several times. Somewhere at the back of his mind, a faint, stubborn murmur, an indistinct voice issued forth a warning. No, it wasn't a voice. It was a fine thread. A very fine thread. Very, very fine thread. It flowed. Ram, Ram, Ram. Palms joined together. Sohan Ram prayed. On the one hand, his mind melted and expanded while praying. On the other, the warning voice persisted. Sohan Ram prayed again and again for the rhythm of Bapu's spinning wheel to have been restored when he returned. Thank you. Thank you, Jagdish, for such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much uh, for having me on this uh, on this platform. And uh, you have a great day. Yeah, great day. Wish you the very best. Yeah, bye-bye. Have a good one.